Earlier, he told reporters... I'm not happy about it. It's not doing the trick, but I'm adding things to it. Democrats say the president is getting ready to declare a national emergency to build the wall with unspent funds from across the government. What the president says are far less important areas. Am I happy with where we're going? I'm thrilled. Drug kingpin El Chapo has been found guilty. This conviction is a victory for every family who has lost a loved one to the black hole of addiction. Federal prosecutor Richard Donahue says he expects 61-year-old Joaquin Guzman to get a sentence of life in prison without parole. You're listening to USA Radio News. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher mortgage payments. At Quicken Loans, we've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates so you can buy a home with certainty. It's called Rate Shield, and here's how it works. With Rate Shield, you can lock your interest rate while you shop for a new home. So if rates go up, you don't have to worry. And here's the best part. If rates go down, you get the lower rate. With Rate Shield, we really have you covered. Here are more reasons why you'll want to work with America's largest mortgage lender. For nine years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. And for the fifth year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in the nation for mortgage servicing. Rate Shield. Another way we can save you money on your mortgage. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Based on Rocket Mortgage data in comparison to public data records, Rachel approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. The number of job openings in America hits a record high. USA's Chris Barnes reports from Washington. The Bureau of Labor Statistics reporting that as of December, there were approximately 7.3 million job openings, and that beat the previous high set in August. Job openings increasing in a number of industries, construction, accommodation and food services, and health care and social assistance jobs leading the way. Experts had forecast a slight increase to 6.9 million openings, but again, that's well below 7. The Senate has approved a bill that adds a million acres of new wilderness. The measure combines more than 100 public land bills that add more than 350 miles of wild and scenic rivers and 2,600 miles of federal trails. It withdraws some 370,000 acres in Montana and Washington state from mineral development, too. The bill now goes to the House for consideration. This is USA Radio News. Right now at IHOP, order any breakfast combo and we'll sweeten the deal with all-you-can-eat pancakes. So get out your all-you-can-eat silverware because these pancakes aren't going to all-you-can-eat themselves because pancakes don't do that. Get IHOP's all-you-can-eat pancakes with any breakfast combo. Or just get the all-you-can-eat pancakes for $4.99. What else you got going on today? Have you ever wanted to host your own radio show? Experienced or not, KSHP can help your dream become a reality. Times are available at KSHP for programming and shows, and we would love to help. Let us help you produce and air your sports or business show on the same station that airs Brian Blessing, Coach Harvey Hyde, and the Radio Shopping Show. Send your inquiries to Danny Jackson at KSHP.com or Mark Hayes at KSHP.com or call the office at 702-221-1200. Let KSHP make you a radio star. 
freshness begins in the heartland and is delivered each morning to the one restaurant where farm fresh is a promise made good every day. Farmer Boys, where fresh is a difference you'll taste in our hand-sliced produce and our flame-broiled burgers, each made to order just for you. That fresh-made flavor sets us apart and keeps you coming back for our award-winning Farmer's Burger and so much more. We are Farmer Boys. Farmer Boys, cooking up what you're craving. Distilled bars and restaurants offer the best in handcrafted food, like applewood smoked bacon and eggs, the best biscuits and gravy you've ever had, the Western Bacon Burger, the 90 Fat Boy Burger, and New York Steak and Eggs. And for dessert, how about breaded pudding, the chocolate brownie sundae, or confetti deep-fried Oreos? Come watch the Vegas Golden Knights at Distill with food and drink specials. Distill has three locations to serve you. Check them out at www.distillbar.com. The thoughts and opinions expressed in the following program are those of the program's participants and do not necessarily represent those of station staff, management, and advertisers. Give me the green light. Cause I'm ready to go. Get ready to kick it up a notch. If you live and breathe sports, then this is the place to get your hot takes. Welcome to Vegas Sports Hub. Vegas Sports Hub. With your host, Ian Rakelli, on KSHP AM 1400. Or stream the show live at KSHP.com. Now, turn up the volume and get ready for Vegas Sports Hub with Ian Rakelli. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Vegas Sports Hub here on KSHP 1400 AM. I am your host, Ian Kelly. We have my co-host, Ethan, and Hello. we got Stevie here in the studio. How you doing, Ian? Uh, we are doing really good. We're going to start it off with the hockey segment. Definitely one of our most popular segments here on the show. Definitely. Now, I'm going to be silent for the next 10 seconds, and people in the uh, audience are going <laughs> to understand why... I don't care who you oh, are. That, come on, you're you killing my vibe. I know, but I don't care who you are. That song gets you pumped every <laughs> single time. Dude, I love that song so much. It's my ringtone. It is your ringtone. I have heard it. Yes. I should change my uh, ringtone to Holy Cow, Mary <laughs> Carey. What a legend. See, now, I, I couldn't get uh, Chelsea Dagger as my ringtone. It, it wouldn't let me. Now, we're going to get into hockey to start out this show. And first, we're going to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights because it is nearing the NHL trade deadline. Yes. And for the Vegas Golden Knights, there are some decisions that can be made. If you're George McPhee, and I'm going to ask Stevie first off, is there any players on this current roster that could be expendable or somebody that he could say, hey, this player is on the trade block, what do you, would you be willing to give up for him? Uh, there are definitely players on the roster that are expendable. The question then becomes, is there someone out there that wants them? Um, I'm, I'm not – I don't think Nick Holden has, has really contributed very much this year, uh, John Merrill. Um, I think that Colin Miller, although I liked him last year and he has played well at times uh, this year, he's a guy that could, that could get moved for, you know, if McPhee uh, decides that uh, the guy he's going after uh, is good enough and the other, the other side wants Miller, that, 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 they, would, uh, that they would move Miller. Um, forwards, uh, I've never been a Lindbergh guy. Um, unfortunately, Hall is injured. If Hollow weren't injured, I think that Eakin would be a guy that, that, that could get moved. Um, what about Perry? I, you, you know, 
Perry has played has has really shown me a lot this year, and and in that regard, I would hate to move him. On the other hand, you want to sell high, and this this may be as good as Perry can be if someone would take him. And again, you're getting the right guy back. I could see Perry being moved. And speaking of the hot hand, what about Zikoff? I well, Zikoff they just claimed. I'm not sure what what the rule is on. I, I think he's got to be on the roster for a month. I'm not sure he's done that. I'm not sure he's movable from that aspect of things. Well, see, here's the thing, is that when it comes to the defensemen, you have a lot of young defensemen in AHL, Brandstrom and Hugh. When it comes to Miller, Merle, and Holden, there is a possibility they trade one of those guys away and open a, ca- a roster spot for a Brandstrom or even a White Cloud. True. I, I have a feeling that McPhee is going to leave those guys in Chicago. I, I, if, if he brought up anybody, it would be Brandstrom, and I don't think he will. So if they move defensemen, uh, it'll be for another defenseman. Do you just think that Brandstrom isn't at the NHL level right now? or uh, It's what McPhee thinks. I think Brands- I would like to see Brandstrom come up here and see what he can do. He may not be ready yet, and if he's not, then you move, then send him right back down. Um, but I don't think McF- I. My opinion is that McPhee won't even do that. Okay. Well, the thing is, I believe that Brandstrom is ready as well. I like what I've seen from Brandstrom when I've watched Chicago Wolves games, a couple of them this season. I have uh, really been high on Brandstrom. And also, the fourth line right now for the Vegas Golden Knights, Tumas Nosek. Is he somebody that if a team approached the Golden Knights about, would they be willing to trade away with him? I think again, yeah, for the right price, they they would they would be willing to. I would hate to lose him. I I know he hasn't played well lately, five on five, but his penalty kill is still really good. And and I I like him on that fourth line. Uh, uh, normally, I uh, again he hasn't played well lately. He won't be in tonight. Tonight it's going to be Carrier, Reeves, and Belmar on the fourth line, and uh, the third line is Piri Zikoff. No, I'm sorry, Piri Lindbergh and Eakin tonight. That's actually good information to know about the game tonight against the Arizona Coyotes at the T-Mobile Arena. Do we know what the score is? or The I... score we do not know right now, but what we're going to do is we're going to look it up and we will tell you in just a little bit. Okay. Now, we're going to move on to the Pacific Division because that's the division the Golden Knights are in. And when I look at the teams that are in this division, there are some teams that could be making moves. Right. I want to talk about the Anaheim Ducks. They're an old team. They just got rid of their coach who led them to a title. Do you think the Ducks could be sellers at this deadline? I absolutely do. Uh, I, I would I would get rid of uh, as many of the old guard as possible. Uh, Kessler, uh, Perry, Getzlaff. Um, I, I, if someone – now, again, the thing is, does anyone want them, especially at their price? Um, they, they just haven't played well. They, they, they're getting injured often now. Um and, and but the price tags high so I don't I don't know who would take them but if I could move them I would. Well, when you're speaking of price tags, you got to talk about the Los Angeles Kings and yes. all of the big contracts they have. And we know the Kings want to get rid of their players. We know they do. But besides maybe Tyler Toffoli, all the other contracts are so huge that they can't move them. That's what th- happens when you play in LA. You get big money. I would I would think it would be tough. Um, the the one guy that that's uh, if if some team is looking for a goalie in the playoffs, I think Quick uh, could be moved b- before the deadline. I think someone would take that on if they felt you know if Colorado had a little bit more. They, they've only got the one line that scores. If they had a little bit more scoring depth, 
the, the fact that they're having issues goaltending now, they might a, a team like that might might look at. You know, Calgary. I I like Riddick, but Riddick hasn't played well lately, and I'm I've never been a Mike Smith guy. Maybe maybe Calgary takes a look at at, at Jonathan Quick. What if let's say Jonathan Quick gets moved to Columbus for Bobrovsky, because Bobrovsky wants out of Columbus, he could go to L.A. And he'd be perfectly happy. Well, the one thing you do have to consider is Jonathan Quick can tell them no because he has that in his contract. He yes. can tell them that I do not want to play for this team. But maybe a fresh start would be good for him. I totally agree. It would be a good fresh start for him, but it's all about does he want to play for Columbus. And let's be honest, what team, what players want to say, absolutely, I want to play in Ohio? Nick Foligno. Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I, the, see, the other thing is Tortorella, and I think in previous years, guys w- wouldn't want to go play for him. I think he's softened up a bit, though. And, and I, I, boy, Columbus has such a good club. Even though it's Columbus, Ohio, I, I wouldn't, if I'm a hockey player who, who thinks that, you know, they're close, again, they're going to have to replace Bobrovsky. And I, I, as good as Panarin is, and he's one of the best hockey players in the league. I think they have enough uh, other scorers that, that the, the loss of Panarin won't, won't be as big a hit as Bobrovsky would be in net if they don't replace Well, him. since you brought up Tortorella, I mean, Hendrik Lundqvist could probably tell Jonathan Quick a couple of stories about his tenure there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he could. Uh, the, the, Kings, uh, the Kings getting on. You know, the King has played better this year than I thought he would. I, I thought he, he, was, he was fading last year, and, and, and he would never be the same. He's played better than I thought he would. He's made some fantastic saves this season. Yeah, He's, yeah and for his age. Yeah, he looks like a young goaltender. And, yeah. th- and then I want to talk about the team that's at the top of the division, the San Jose Sharks. I think they're staying put. I mean, last year they did the Evander Kane deal. I don't think they're doing anything this year. They don't need to right now. They're they're very good, especially on the power play. Their power play is scary good. Uh, Brian Blessing was talking to me about this this afternoon on the Vegas Hockey Hotline. He thinks that uh, – Wil- is it Doug Wilson? It's uh, Doug Wilson. Uh, okay, that the Doug Wilson still may go out and, and, and make a – you know, pick somebody up. I, I agree with you guys. They don't have to do anything. That that team is absolutely a juggernaut. But, but especially, if he- especially their top six. Yeah, but but if he can go out and, and, and pick up somebody to help him, I mean, I imagine you know that depending on depending on what they give up. The the one leaky issue with them, and I wouldn't have said this a couple of years ago, is Martin Jones and Aaron Dell. I, I just, they just haven't been as good, and they were really good a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean the pipes is a situation for San Jose, but I don't see him reaching for a player at the deadline. And then you're talking about the Arizona Coyotes. To me, they're they're a team that. They don't really have the assets to move, but at the same time, they're not horrible where teams are going to call them up saying, hey, I want this player, this player, this player. So I don't see them doing much of the deadline either. I would agree with that. I don't don't see them doing much. I I feel like if the only way that the Coyotes could be moving people is if they move people that they already have, like like they got in the trade, like Schmaltz or maybe even Yalmerson. What about Larson, that eight-year contract they gave him last offseason? I don't know if they would want to move him. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think they'd want to move him. That's why they signed him for eight years, and uh, and Smoltz is now out for the year. So I, I think it's going to be tough to move him. The hard part with the Coyotes is they are a very good team. On on paper, they're a very good team. They just can't move it on ice. Well, I mean, that's the yeah. di- well. See, that's the thing. 
if you're a good team on paper, that doesn't mean you're going to get wins on the ice. Exactly. They, just, they're able to squeak out a couple wins, but just, not enough. Just like baseball. You can get the best free agents of all time, but if, Bryce you, Harper. Can't, if you can't produce on the field, you're not going to get the job done. Right. Uh, and then I want to talk about the Vancouver Canucks because, to me, they're an interesting team yes. because they're right there on the bubble. And the thing is they could either buy in and try to make a playoff run or they can continue what they did the last couple of seasons, and that's selling their veterans to get younger players. Now, Stevie, I'm going to ask you, what do you think Vancouver is going to do? Do you think they're going to buy and try to make a playoff push with you know their younger talent, or do you think they're going to sell off some veterans like Alexander Edler? Uh, you know, Bennington, I believe, is the general manager up there. He's surprised me before, so I don't know that I've got a good read on him. But if I were the general manager of Vancouver, I, I feel about them the way I feel about Colorado. I don't think that you can help yourself enough this year to get into the playoffs and make a run. And you've got such a young club with, with a lot of talent that I wouldn't want to mess that up right now. I, if I'm Vancouver, if I'm Colorado, I don't do anything. And, and I just assume that I'm going to be better next year. And I, I think that's a fair assumption. Do you agree? I agree completely. I would say tank the rest of the year, just not even – worry about the playoffs, draft high on in the draft, and then make a push for next season. And then let's talk about the two other Canadian teams. Let's talk about Edmonton and Calgary, because they're interesting. Right. Edmonton has nothing around Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. But at the same time, they have horrible contracts. The Milan Lucic contract comes to mind. Yeah, I would say if the if the Oilers were to move anybody, it would have to be Lucic. Right, and then you've got Russell as well, who has a pretty bad contract as well. So when it comes to Edmonton, they have horrible contracts. Then you look at Calgary. Calgary's second in the division. I think they are a playoff team. But does that mean they're going to make a move to make sure they stay in the playoff push? I could see them picking up a defenseman. I, I, I could if if uh, if they can find somebody at the right price. I think them strengthening their defense. Uh, as I said, Riddick hasn't played well lately, but I think part of that is the defense in front of him. If they can go out and get a, a stay-at-home defensive defenseman, I think they would make that move. I, I agree. They Their defense is definitely what needs help right now. Uh, they could also go for a goalie. I, yeah. in, a, in a long shot, I mean, Mike Smith is a good goalie. But, but I, he's old. He is old. I would see him as a better backup than anything. I, 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 I'm going to say that I like Riddick, though. I, I feel this year about Riddick the way that I felt about Hellebuck last year in Winnipeg. I, and, and, and Calgary talked last year that they felt that Riddick was their goaltender of the future. If they felt that way last year, and I know he hasn't played well recently, but overall this year he's played pretty darn well, I, 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 would, I would think that he's good enough to, to lead them you know, into the playoffs and, and, and make a run. Now, if someone comes available, if, you, you know, if, if Los Angeles comes to them and says, hey, we'll give you quick for next to nothing, and, and quick wants to go up there, then, then you make that deal. If, if there's a guy out there that you, can get that you think improves your team and you don't have to give up too much to get him, yeah. Otherwise, I'm, I'm not unhappy with Riddick. So do you think players – this is just me being me and asking. Do you think quick would go for trades? instead of players like they like let's say the kings trade quick to calgary okay Mm -hmm. do you think calgary would want to give do you think la would accept draft picks instead of sending players over from calgary to la 
Uh, in the case of Quick, yes, because they have they have their goaltenders in uh, is it Peterson and um, in Campbell? Yes, yes Campbell. Yeah, Peterson. Well, here's the thing: is that the Jake Muzzin trade is kind of similar to what they would want with Jonathan Quick, because they got those draft picks and they got those players as well. To me, I think that if they were going to trade Jonathan Quick, it would be similar to their trade with Jake Muzzin in Toronto, getting would, those picks and getting prospects. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, Bl- Blake wants to turn this team over, get younger. Uh, so, so young players and draft picks. Okay. Yeah. Now we're going to move on to a segment for the show. It's called Keep or Trade. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to name a player. And I'm going to ask Ethan. I'm going to ask Stevie. Do you think they're going to stay put or do you think they're getting flipped at the deadline? I'm going to head down to Philadelphia, and I'm going to ask about Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons is a very good player. He was when he was of L.A., and he is now in Philadelphia. I'm going to start with Stevie. Do you think Wayne Simmons, with his contract he currently has, is he getting flipped or is he going to stay? I, I think he's getting moved, and, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up in Vegas. But there's been too much talk uh, around the league about Wayne Simmons. I think he goes somewhere. First of all, before I answer the question, I want to say – I think a lot of people forget Wayne Simmons played for the Kings. That's been so long. He <laughs> what? He signed with the Flyers in the 0910 season in 2011. 2011. Okay. So he was with the Kings for a long time and I think people forget that. I I I, I yeah, I had forgotten yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> last year I, I uh, it was brought up and I go, "Oh, oh what? yeah, that's right. Yeah. He did play for the Kings." Yeah. He's been so good with Philadelphia for so he long. He has. I I just uh, he could help a team. Yeah. See and that's I'm glad you said that cuz I don't think he's going I don't think he's going anywhere. I think him and Giroux will be the centerpieces of the Flyers for the rem- for a couple more years. So, I think they want to build a core team around those two. Well, I mean, you want to build a core, but Carter Hart has been a very good goaltender and is the future of the Philadelphia Flyers. He is. And then, but when you look at veterans and you look at that core, how many years can production-wise Giroux and Simmons do? Because here's what I'm going to tell you. I say he is going to get flipped. I do like the Vegas idea, as Stevie said. Because Vegas does have draft picks. They do have certain things that Philadelphia would want. Okay. He could also end up in Nashville. You know, I, I'm. Su- are you guys surprised about Philadelphia this year? I thought Philadelphia would go back to the playoffs this year. I, I think that's that is a pretty good young core. I know uh, Drew is older and and may be losing a step here shortly. But um, Konechny, for instance, I mean they they've got some good young talent yeah. on that team. And, and their uh, utter defenseman, I can't pronounce his last name. Oh, Gosh Despair. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> I I. Uh, I really thought that they would be back in the playoff hunt, and I also thought New Jersey would be back in the playoff hunt. Now, I know Taylor Hall has been hurt, but I thought there was more there that, well, that both those teams would be in the playoff well, hunt, and they're not. Well, you bring up New Jersey. What about Tyler Hall? If somebody calls up and offers a truckload... No. <laughs> no. You, no, you don't think he's going to no. get it? No. The Devils will not unload him at any price right now. That's I, good to know. That's just my opinion. Oh, but I will bring it back to Simmons real quick, because you said Vegas. Now, if there was going to be a trade that was going to happen... Do you think that it would have to do high draft picks for Wayne Simmons, or would that, or would it just take a prospect and a pick or two? Uh, I, I think you're looking at a pick. I think you're looking at a prospect and or uh, a guy on the current roster. I, I think that McPhee is going to be really stingy about giving up draft picks and about giving up. Uh, so he's not going to do prospect. what he did with Tatar last year. Uh, I hope not. Um, now, now a guy like Mark Stone scares me. Because I, because Mark Stone's got a lot of talent, um, he's got years left, and he could be a really good player here 
and I could see McPhee giving up more than he gave up uh, for, for Tatar to, if, if Mark Stone becomes available. I, I don't know that he'll do that, but he, he scares me in doing that. I mean, Mark Stone has been a very good talent in Ottawa, and he is going to be getting a new contract in the offseason. But I do want to stay in Ottawa. Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne has a ridiculous contract he is still on right now, and he's going to be a free agent next offseason. With Ottawa, do you keep or trade Matt Duchesne? Well, I think Ottawa's looking to move him, and I, and I think there are people interested. I, I think that uh, Poyle in Nashville is is interested in uh, Duchesne. He's interested in Stone. He's interested in Panera. Now, I don't, I don't think Panera will go there, but but I, I that doesn't mean that Poyle hasn't you know been in contact with the Columbus uh, GM. Matt Duchesne has come out and like publicly said he does not want to play in Ottawa anymore. So I would say that they'll respect him and flip him. Okay, well, what's a team? Maybe Minnesota. Is that a possibility? <sighs> it's a possibility. I don't know if he would want to go to Minnesota, though. I Maybe Toronto. Not either Toronto or Tampa Bay. I mean, well, here's the thing about winning teams is that it's very hard for a winning team to take on a huge contract like Matt Duchesne because he does have a very big cap hit for the right. rest of the season. And that- also, I mean, also... I only brought up Minnesota for Matt Duchesne because Matt because Minnesota Wild, yeah, they have the Suter and they have the Parisi contract, but less of their contracts are pretty tame in comparison. What if he went back to Colorado? I don't see that happening. Joe Sackett got rid of him for a reason. Yeah, I don't think he goes back to Colorado either. The so you bring up a good point about his contract. So you may now work a three-team deal, like the Knights did, uh, taking on the contract of Broussard last year and picking up Reeves. So a third a third team may become involved in, in any deal involving Duchesne. Maybe to take a team on like Anaheim? Yeah, possibility. Because Anaheim is a team that can take on contracts, because obviously we can tell with uh, Perry and Getzloff and all the people they got on their roster. Now, I'm going to move on to L.A., because we already talked about Jonathan Quick. But Tyler Toffoli is a player that has caught my eye. He is still a younger player, and he has a lot of uh, value for the Los Angeles Kings. So when I look at Toffoli, do they keep him or do you trade him if you are Rob Blake? I would flip him. I I feel like if you flip them, you can get better players and maybe maybe an even better draft pick out of, out of the draft. So I I would think that they would flip him maybe to Anaheim. I don't know why you would want to send him back into your division. Well, actually, but... I'm going to give you one better. Toronto. They have a four million cap hit right now. I I don't know if they want to if they want to use that. Well, I mean, yeah, but Defoley is a younger guy. Right. I don't know if he would want to accept all that money, then, just that little of money. Then Stevie, what about you? Yeah, I don't know about Toronto. They they've got scoring. What what Toronto needs is a defenseman. Even though they picked up Muzzin, they still could use uh, even a little a, a tick more help on the defense. Toffoli is a guy that I thought would already be better than he is by now. He's he's an enigma to me. I and and if I'm Blake, you know what I'm afraid of? I'm afraid of trading him, and then he becomes what I thought he was going to be. <laughs> you know, somewhere else. Right, so it's kind of like how that, Columbus with Carlson. Well, see, that's the thing. That happens with a lot of teams in the NHL. They trade somebody a year too early. So I, I, I don't. If I had to fully, I'm not sure what I would do because I, I. Part of me wants to keep him because I still think he could be what I what I thought he was going to be, and part of me wants to get rid of him because he hasn't already become what I thought he was going to be. Right, kind of like with Minnesota. Since you brought up Carlson, I'm gonna bring up Alex Tuck. We all know Minnesota wish they had Alex Tuck right now. If they had <laughs> Alex Tuck, they wish they had him. Probably. 
Minnesota, Minnesota has been. Brian used the, the term today on the on the Vegas Hockey Line. Minnesota has been getting fleeced for years. Buffalo's fleeced them. St. Louis has fleeced them. Vegas, uh, Vegas fleeced them. Yeah, they 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 need a new GM. Is what Minnesota? <laughs> well, I mean, you brought up you brought up just brought up Buffalo. I'm gonna talk about Jeff Skinner because he started out the year white hot. Yeah, he did. But now he's starting to sizzle down a little bit. He's starting to cool off. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he is going to be a free agent at the end of the year, if you're Buffalo. Do you capitalize on what he did at the beginning of the year and get some value for him now, or do you keep him on your roster? If I could move him, I would. The, again, the issue, as you say, is that he's cooled off now, and people people that want him are not going to want to give up that much because they're going to they're going to say, "Hey, Buffalo, he, look what he did in Carolina, and and now he's cooled off again." So we'll take him, but we're, we don't want to give what you're asking. Here's what we'll give. You know, they're well, they're not going to get as much as they would. It's going to be a big negotiation with with Skinner. Well, see, the other thing is that everyone talked about him getting a contract extension at the beginning of the year, right. but now that has cooled off because his production's cooled off. There was a team that a couple of months ago, if anybody remembers, that was in a rumor to get Jeff Skinner, and that was the Edmonton Oilers because they were trying to get help for Drysaddle and McDavid. But now he's cooled off. That rumor has basically disappeared. But with that being said, do you think Edmonton could still take a crack at Skinner? Because that was rumored a couple months ago. Uh, yes, because they're Edmonton, and <laughs> e- e- even though the even though the GM has been axed, I, Edmonton Edmonton is going to be Edmonton until they correct it. So yeah, I could. If there's a team that would overpay for Skinner right now, it's probably the Edmonton Oilers. But who would they give up? I I don't know, but. Whoever it is will will soon become a star in uh, in <laughs> Buffalo. That's just the way it works. I mean, that's just the way it works with uh, Matthew Barzal, and I think Edmonton. I just don't, I don't want to upset any more Edmonton Oilers fans because obviously I could just go down the entire <laughs> list of every single player, Tyler Hall, uh, and then we get into our our Temi Panarin out there in Columbus. We already went with Pabrowski earlier in the show, so I'm not going to go back to him. But Panarin, he has a lot of value when it comes to Columbus. Now, if you are the GM of the Blue Jackets, do you keep or do you trade Panarin before he leaves? I'd say you keep him and wait for the end of the year, see how they do in the playoffs, and go from there. I'm not. I'm not sure. I. I. The, you know what? That it's it's played out exactly how I thought it would play out. Columbus, to me, at the beginning of the year was not a playoff team because these two guys were going to cause problems in the locker room with the chemistry of the team, and that's exactly what's happening right now, in my opinion. So I don't think, I don't think that they would make the playoffs if they kept these two guys. And even if they did, they're probably a first-round out. I would look to get as much as I could for these guys right now. Um, I, I, I think they're, they're more valuable to teams now. Um, I now, if I'm a GM, I would want to sign and trade these guys. I wouldn't take them as a rental because you're giving up too much to get them. But there's probably a GM out there who's going to take these guys as a rental and, and give Columbus significant uh, you know, assets back. Well, if you said about a sign and trade, let's talk about a team that's very young and they have a lot of young prospects. And we talked about this team earlier, the Arizona Coyotes. They have a lot of young talent. They have prospects. They have draft picks. If you are the Arizona Coyotes, do you do a sign-and-trade with Columbus, get Panarin on your team, and build with Panarin and build with uh, Ekman Larson? It all depends on who you would who you would give up. Who would you give up for Panarin? Well, because like I said, 
When you look at, because NHL, by the way, they release a top 50 prospects every single season. The Arizona Coyotes, I believe they had five prospects on the top 50 at the beginning of the year. Okay. So do, would they give up AHL prospects more than anything? AHL prospects or maybe some NHL guys who have been already brought up, but they have limited amount of experience. Because those are still counted as prospects. Right. I mean, to me, I think Arizona makes the most sense when it comes to Panarin. If they're going to do a sign-and-trade, if it is just right. a rental, Arizona's out. Yeah, if, if it's just a rental, I would probably say the Florida Panthers more than anything. Panarin's made it pretty clear he wants to go to a, a, a bigger market, right? I don't think He wants to go to a bigger market. So I don't think he'd go to Arizona, he right? He said he wants to go to either Chicago or the Rangers. Well, here's the problem with Chicago and the Rangers is that, yes, they are a big market, but who are you going to trade? What prospects does Chicago and the Rangers have? I, I they, hate to it, say it, but Chicago could trade Gustafson, if anything, just to get – just to get. Oh, so to make it the Arizona Blackhawks all over again? Pretty much, but – Well, no. <laughs> you know, if I'm Chicago, I, 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 would, I would do a sign-and-trade with Panarin and Bobrovsky, right? I think I, – I, and uh, uh, Delia's played well lately – but I think that they could use a goaltender and Panarin. And I would I would give up some draft picks and some prospects, but I would also see if I could, you know, hey, Columbus, we're doing you a favor here. Take Seabrook off our hands or, or, or take Duncan or take, Keith off. Or take, like, a really bad contract off their books. Exactly. Well, since you bring up Bobrovsky, I'm going to keep it in the central, and I've been saying this for a while because this team needs a goaltender, and they've been heating up lately, the St. Louis Blues. To me, when I look at the St. Louis Blues, getting a goaltender like Bobrovsky, and considering the fact they are on a hot streak as of late, it makes a lot of sense. On the, on the one hand, I understand it, but, but the reason that St. Louis is on a hot streak is Bennington. So I, um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I think Bobrovsky is a really good goaltender. If, if you need a goaltender, if you want to make Bobrovsky the number one and make Bennington the backup at, at at this point and for a couple of years. I don't have a, I don't have an issue with that. I I wouldn't either. I'd say that'd be the perfect perfect fit. And then you brought up the New York Rangers earlier, so I want to talk about Matt Zuccarello. Do you keep or trade him at the deadline? What's his contract right now? Well here's the thing about his contract. It is uh it is actually very reasonable considering that it's New York, which is act which you know we all know New York loves to overpay players. Doesn't matter if it's basketball, football, <laughs> hockey, rugby, like that's his thing about New York. So he actually is very reasonable considering that. What's his age? His age, he, I believe he's in his early 30s. Okay. I uh, wouldn't flip him then. I would I would keep him. See, I, I'm the other way. I, th- I think uh, I think the Rangers need to get younger. They, ma- they made a, a really good bunch of moves at the trade deadline last year to pick up draft picks. And I think they're in, in, in really good position to, to turn this club over here in right. a couple years. And then years. they have talent like Ryan McDonough, uh, JT Miller. Brady so I, Shea. Yeah, I see your so point if you, there. So if you can get a, you know, a couple more draft picks for Zuccarella, I would do that. And I like Zuccarella a lot. I think he would fit here with the Knights. Again, I don't know that, <laughs> that, that the Knights are talking to the Rangers you know, or anything. But I, I, like, I like the way, the way Zuccarella plays. I think he would fit in here. And then one final uh player I want to talk about before we move on to our uh, next topic in the NHL is Michael Furland out there in Carolina. We saw what he did in Calgary last season, and he did really good. And then he went to Carolina. He's improved with the Hurricanes. 
Now, when you look at his contract and you look at everything that Ferlin has to offer, do you see him getting flipped or is he being kept in Carolina? I haven't, I haven't heard anything, so I, I don't know. If I'm Carolina, I would keep him, though. I, I, I like very much the, the way that he's played. I, uh, Carolina's making a run. Uh, right now, they may, they may get in the playoffs without you know doing anything. So I, I think I would probably take that chance and, and see, you know, keep, keep their peoples. In, in fact, look to, add, look to add another young piece, maybe, if you're Carolina, and, you know, for next year. I, I think right. Carolina's on the come. Because right, here's the thing about Carolina. They love calling up uh, Calgary or Chicago to get young players. That's just what they do for the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, honestly, I want to ask Ethan, because you are a Blackhawks fan. Yes. Is there anything the Blackhawks can offer at the trade deadline, or are they basically uh, fish out of water? Fish out of water in terms of not making the playoffs? Because if you, if you say that, no, no, boy, I'm sa- sir, you are dead wrong. No, no, I'm saying in terms of offering talent at the trade deadline to get better. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I, I think if they were to offer some good people, it would probably be through the AHL. So because like you said, Gustafson, Gustafson, and then Seabrook's horrible contract, which they're trying as hard as they can to unload. Yeah, I. No team wants to eat that contract up, though. And the other one is Keith. Now Keith has come out and said that he wants to stay in Chicago for his whole career, but. The fact of the matter is, is his age is really getting to him. Same with Seabrook. Now, what teams could offer him, could now, offer for Seabrook? Who would want to eat that contract up? Because there's no team. Maybe the Florida Panthers, if if need be. Right. Because here's the other thing about Chicago Blackhawks, and you don't obviously want to hear this, but there is one player that teams would love to trade for, and I think you know where I'm about to go with this. I have Alex Debrinket. Oh no, they're not moving Debrinket. There's we no all way. know we all know that teams would love to have him on. The teams would teams. love to have him, but there's no way that the Blackhawks are going to move him right now. He's probably last time I checked on NHL.com, he was the leading goal scorer for the Blackhawks. Exactly my point. Exactly your point. But nobody, Chicago's not going to give him up. I there's mean, no way that Chicago's going to give. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. Chicago would have to be on drugs <laughs> if that were to happen. Well, I mean, this is Bowman that we're talking. About. <laughs> That that's a fair, that is a fair point, Ian. I don't, but I don't think that that even Bowman would would get rid of Debrinket at, at, at this time. They made such a good deal with Schmaltz, you know that. But bringing in Strom and Strom and Debrinket are just uh, they're they're a well oiled right. machine right oh, now. Oh yeah, exactly my point. They're what's going to get Chicago to the playoffs. It, it, they they might now the Blackhawks lost tonight six three to the Bruins, but well, the streak had to end at some point. Well, I mean, exactly, the streak has to end. yeah. But the Blackhawks are still only roughly four, right there. four or five points out of out of a wild card. Exactly. All right. right. There. And now we're going to move on to our next topic in the NHL before we go to break and we go into basketball. And here's the thing I want to talk about is this last offseason, there was a lot of free agent signings. Some of them are people that everything liked and some contracts everybody hated. I want to go over three NHL contracts signed this past offseason that are biting their current team in the you-know-what. The first one I want to talk about is Jonathan Bernier. He signed a three-year, $9 million deal to go to Detroit from Colorado. This has backfired on them horribly. Only six wins, 13 losses on the season for Bernier. He has a 3.37 goals against average, and his save percentage is below 90%. 
Uh, they they just can't get goaltending in Detroit. I mean, the, what the last good goaltender in Detroit was who? Osgood. Yeah, does that sound right? I was gonna say Hasek, but uh, I mean, I think Os, I think between Osgood the was two, okay. I would say Chris Osgood. So he so he was okay for a while. They and since then, so that's been what seven, eight, nine Roughly, years yeah. now. Yeah, that's been a long it, time. It's it's not been good in Detroit. They've they've gone through Morazic and uh, Howard. Ha- ha- Howard was good for a while, but not, not long enough. Um, no, they've been through a bunch of goaltenders there, and it just you're right, yeah. And 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 Bernier may be the worst signing of of them all since Osgood. Right. It just it just makes it just blows my mind that you're paying him three million dollars a year, and he has only had six wins this season. That is just awful. But yet again, this is Detroit. As everybody in Chicago, they we call him somebody different, but we cannot say it on air. And then we have James Van Rimsdyk. Now this is a little bit of a stretch, I know. But based on the amount of money he is being paid, I want to put him on this list. He has 13 goals, 13 assists, but his plus-minus is negative four. But he's getting paid $35 million for the next five seasons. He's in Carolina, right? He is with the Philadelphia Flyers. He's with the Flyers. Okay. He was with Toronto. He signed with Philadelphia, the team he was originally with. So Vegas was the ones that got James Van Riemsdyk. No, we... Uh, Vegas yeah, they, got Trevor Van Rimsdyk. Oh, was it Trevor? They got Trevor Van okay, Rimsdyk, okay, and then they okay. traded him to Carolina, just he, like they got Marcus Kruger, and they traded him to Carolina. Let's just rename Carolina Hurricanes the Carolina Blackhawk Golden Knights. <laughs> Golden Blackhawks. Okay, so I'm going to go with I've never been a fan of anyone whose last name is Van Rimsdyk. I've just uh, – uh, I, I, I got them both mixed up, but – yeah, James to me has never really performed up to any contract that he's had. Has he? I mean, he's he's no. put up he's put up numbers, but he I I just felt like he's been overpaid right. all the time he's and been the, in the NHL. And the fact he's getting paid seven million per season that is just horrible. Saying the fact he only has thirteen goals on the year, he had fifty points last year in Toronto, and that's why he received that deal. That's but ridiculous. Only, but only twenty six points this season. Yeah, I understand that. So so he basically had one good one with Toronto in his NHL career. And that's and that's been about it, right? Has that has been yeah. about it. And then the last player I want to talk about is somebody that Golden Knights fans are going to know pretty well. <laughs> and that is a guy who got five years, $28.75 million this past offseason, who only make five goals this yeah. season, and that is James Neal. He's lost more teeth than he scored goals. <laughs> exactly my point. What did we read today, Steve? He, he lost eight teeth. Eight. So he's lost eight teeth. He's right. only scored five goals. Yeah. So you know what, James? You need three more goals. He'll fit the amount of teeth <laughs> well, that you've it, lost. But I, I feel good that he signed that contract because he's going to need it for the dentist bill. So, <laughs> so it all, so it all works out pretty well. I, I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm glad the Knights didn't keep him. Um, I, I, he's supposed to be a, a, a playoff guy. He didn't really perform in the playoffs for for the Knights last year. I. I, th- I think his career is winding down. Um, you know, I I would also I, w- I would say the same about uh, about Perron. And and I I'm, I'm really surprised that St. Louis is doing this because I thought that Bozak and O'Reilly and Perron were all bad signings by Well, by I, well O'Reilly St. is St. still a bad contract. Yeah. So but but they're, you know, they they're making a run at the playoffs, so. I mean, here's the thing about James Neal is that he has negative 10 plus minus right now. Which is awful when you consider that he was in the positive for the Vegas Golden Knights last season. Yeah, but that, that's all changed. Those, those guys were, those guys were playing for contracts. There were thirteen of them whose contracts were running out, so they were motivated financially, and they were also motivated by the fact that the team that they just played for said, "You're not good enough. You know, get, you know, we're we're putting you up, you know, for for Vegas to to, to take you." 
So, so they were really motivated. If you look at that top line, uh, I, th- I think the plus minuses are about minus two for all three guys, right? And last year, they, they were over the moon uh, for, for, for Vegas on the plus minus. Right. I mean, their so, stats were better last year than they should have been. We all know this. Yeah. And that's why I said year two, everyone was going to come back to reality. And they have. Which they have. Yeah. But, but, uh, but you're, you're right about Neil. He, he, he got overpaid in, in Calgary. Now, here's what we're going to do is that now our NHL segment is over. We are, after, we come to, after we cut from break, we are going to get into our basketball segment here on Vegas Sports Hub, KSHP, 1400 AM. And we will be right back after this break. At Gravity, we're proud to be Las Vegas' best-rated sports park. We bring the thrill of extreme aerial action off the screen and into reality with liberating physical experiences that are enjoyed by all ages, whether it's our stunt fall ninja warrior course, foam pits, launch pads, dunk basketball, or many other amazing attractions. Visit 7350 Prairie Falcon. That's 7350 Prairie Falcon. Or online at www.gravity.com. Hi, I'm Dirk, and I just took a trip to the Hawaiian Islands, ending up in Maui. It was there where I tried my first authentic Hawaiian shave ice. My reaction was heard around the island, Meowie Wowie. I was hooked, and now I have brought this sweet treat to the Ninth Island. It's called Meowie Wowie Hawaiian Shave Ice Cafe. We are Vegas-born, Hawaiian-inspired. Come in for lunch or dinner and stay for the shaved ice. You can find me shaving at 4555 South Fort Apache Road, or find us on Facebook under Meowie Wowie Hawaiian Shave Ice Cafe. The biggest party in Las Vegas is brewing at the one and only German restaurant and beer hall, Hofbräuhaus Las Vegas. Beer, food, fun, and live entertainment every day of the week. Follow the leader and have your next night out at Hofbräuhaus Las Vegas, where it's Oktoberfest every day. For more information or to make your reservation, call 702-853-BEER or visit HofbräuhausLasVegas.com. We take pride in knowing how to party. Come to our house and experience it for yourself. Prost! The Sports Hub presents This Day in Sports History. In 2013, the NFL paid tribute to NFL Films founder Steve Sable, who passed away. In 2006, NFL Pro Bowl, the NFC beat the AFC 23-17. In 1998, Dallas Cowboys signed Chan Gailey to replace Barry Switzer as their head coach. In 1995, NBA All-Star Game, The West beat the East 139 to 112. In 1985, NHL All-Star Game, Mario Lemieux was MVP as the Wales Conference beat Campbell Conference 6 to 4. In 1984, Kale Yarbrough became the first Daytona 500 pole sitter to achieve over 200 miles an hour. In 1981, Red Sox catcher Carlton Fisk became a free agent. In 1980, the New York Islanders and Winnipeg Jets Finished the game with a 0-0 tie. In 1977, Toronto Maple Leafs shut out Washington Capitals 10-0. In 1961, Bill Russell recorded 40 rebounds to help the Celtics beat the Warriors 136-125. This has been Sports Hub's This Day in Sports History. All right, folks, welcome back to Vegas Sports Hub here on KSHP AM 1400. We are going to be getting into our basketball segment. 
Now, Ian, I have a couple questions for you that I would like you to answer. I and will, Stevie, if you if you would like to put in your insights. It. I'll definitely answer and Stevie can as well. Now, looking at the Boston Celtics, they're kind of kind of they're kind of falling apart in the locker. Yeah, they're they're kind of going off on their own. Now, so my question to you guys is, has the locker room been lost for the Celtics? Well, I'll start out and I'll say that yes, the locker room has been lost for one reason. You have a lot of young guys in Boston that are kind of are immature. They are not really, you know, being professional out there in Boston. You guys like Tatum, Brown, you have Kyrie Irving, who isn't that young of a guy, but he's also not a veteran as well. Well, him coming from Cleveland, you know, being behind LeBron James, he kind of wants to take the leadership now. Well, he wants to take leadership, but the other problem with Boston is that they have so many good guys that want to be leaders. Right. Tatum's only 21 years old. He wants to be the leader. Gordon Hayward, who sadly had his leg broken last year, he, yeah. wants, he wants to be the leader after coming from Utah. Kyrie Irving wants to be the leader. So the problem with Boston is that you have all these guys who want to be leaders, and then you have veterans like Marcus Morris who want to be the leader as well in Boston. So that's the thing with Boston is that their locker room has been lost. Brad Stevens is going to have to round them all up and saying, hey, if you want to win, because they're fifth in the Eastern Conference right now, if you want to win, you want to make a deep playoff push in the Eastern Conference, which let's not forget, the Boston Celtics were the favorites to win the Eastern Conference going into this season. It was them, Philadelphia, Toronto. And no one thought the Bucks were going to be first place in the East right now, but that's another topic for another time. So when it comes to Boston, it is a bad thing that Brad Stevens has lost the locker room. Stevie, what do you think? Yeah, I think he has, and, I, and I'm surprised. I, I didn't think that Brad Stevens is the kind of coach that would have you know, the locker room get away from him like it has. What, what, what's the injury to Irving, and how long is he out? Well, the thing about Kyrie Irving is that injury, he will be out for a couple weeks. That's the thing about his injury. So that's going to be a blow to Boston. However, when it comes to Brown and Tatum, I think they can carry the load. And let's not forget, they still have a very good all-star center in Al Horford. Do, do you guys think that Stevens can regain the locker room, or is this season lost? It, it depends. It depends on if he can get the true alpha male, who I'm just going to assume is Kyrie Irving for now, if he can get him on the same page with the locker room, then I think he can get the room back together. I don't know. I think I think he would have to take more charge and more leadership even cuz he is the head coach. I mean, he has to take the leadership off the court and on the court. So well, cuz let's not forget, he already has a relationship with Gordon Hayward. They went they were uh together at Butler when they were both in college. So they already had that relationship there. So do you think Hayward would be more of a favorite to him? I would say so. I would say they're more of a favorite, but at the same time, we both know who the leader on the team is, and that is Kyrie. LeBron James. I mean, Kyrie. <laughs> do, do you guys think that somebody might get moved from Boston in the offseason to help solidify the locker room for next year? I do say so, and the other thing is Kyrie Irving is a free agent, and there's all these rumors that he's going to go to New York and join the Knicks with Kevin Durant. Now, the thing is, I don't see that happening. I don't think the New York Knicks are going to get that big of a lottery. They're probably going to get Chris Middleton and Kent ba- Bazemore when it comes to the New York Knicks, knowing how well they do in free agency. Let's remember, they got only Amari Stoudemire when you had Bosch, Wade, and all of those other great players back in 2010. So the Knicks aren't that great with free agency. However, it just comes to Boston. They need to make a move in the offseason. You have Tatum. You have Brown. who Brown is kind of being o- undersha- overshadowed here. When it comes to Boston, he is very overshadowed. 
because he is a very good talent, but he's the fourth or fifth option in Boston. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I maybe they they make a trade. Maybe they don't. I don't know. I if anything, Kyrie would probably leave. I that's just my personal opinion. Well, um, I, I think they're going to do all they can to keep him. Otherwise, they would have moved him before the trade deadline. They might. I mean, they might do that. Yeah. Uh, but maybe he just wants to get paid. He does want to get paid. Uh, and then Ethan, next question. Uh, so with how well the Warriors are doing. And they're going to be in the playoffs no matter what. Could an eighth seed team take them out? The eighth seed teams are the Lakers, the Kings, and the Clippers. Yes, because right now the Clippers are currently the leader right now. They are uh, 31 wins and 27 losses. The Kings have 30 wins, and the Lakers have 28 as of right now. Now, when I look at all three of those rosters and I look at the Golden State Warriors, first off, Golden State Warriors are basically the Monstars. Of Space Jam. They're the team that you basically cannot beat unless you have that one guy that can beat them. And the thing is, is that the Clippers trade away two of their play one or two of their main players at the trade deadline. You trade away Avery Bradley and you trade away Tobias Harris. So I don't see the Clippers doing it. Because even though they currently have the eighth seed, I don't see it happening. Sacramento Kings is a very young team. Darren Fox, Marvin Bagley. You have a lot of these younger guys in Sacramento. They could make it. But do I think that they could compete against the Warriors? I would say no. They are too young. The Lakers. That is the wild card there. And everyone keeps saying, and all of these other people on the radio, who I'm not going to mention because otherwise they'd have to pay me, uh, they keep saying that, oh, if the Lakers make it, they can get a game off the Warriors. I'm here to tell you, no, they will not. In a best of seven, they might get one. Does anybody remember that LeBron James got swept last year? And he also has gotten swept multiple times in his uh, playoff career. And people want to call him the GOAT? Exactly my point. But he got swept last year with the Cavaliers. And then he goes to the Lakers. Yeah, but with that Cavalier team, I don't think he was playing his hardest in his last season. Because everyone knew he was going to be traded or he would sign somewhere else. So I don't think – I feel like that season for him was more of a – I'm just here so that I can get paid. That's true. But when you look at this Lakers team, it is very average. It's not great. It's not bad. It's, it's just average. You have a lot of these young guys who haven't fully developed yet. Kuzma, Ball, Ingram, Hart. Very young guys that are not in their prime yet. They're not anywhere close. And then you got LeBron, and you got all of these veterans on the team. Lance Stevenson. You got Tyson Chandler. All these old guys on the bench. So the problem with the Lakers is is that they are too old in certain areas, and then they're too young in the other areas. So it's not a good area for the Los Angeles Lakers. And also, you, when you will publicly announce that you will trade seven of your players, and six of them are still on the roster because they traded Michael Beasley to the Clippers, which I will talk about later, the fact that the Lakers traded six of their – they were going to say, hey, we'll trade six of our guys. Here you go. And then it doesn't happen. What kind of mentality is that going to leave for the locker room? At least Beasley didn't have to go far. He's just wearing a new jersey. Exactly. Same building, just different jerseys. He's probably still living in the same house. Exactly. <laughs> it's just that when you look at those six players, I am for a certain of a doubt. I know that those six players are probably thinking, why should I try? Like, think about it. My GM just publicly announced that I was trade bait. 
And LeBron has – by the way, there was a picture two days ago, which I will show Stevie and Ethan after the show, of LeBron sitting on the bench and all the other players basically sitting all the way across from the bench, basically being nowhere near him. What kind I, of, what, he's probably a germaphobe. I mean, he is a ger- <laughs> I mean, he is a germaphobe, don't get me wrong, but the fact that all the bench don't want anything to do with LeBron now because they know who who made that trade. Yeah. We all know it wasn't Magic Johnson. Uh-uh. It was LeBron himself. Uh huh. I, I would say of the uh, of the of the teams likely to be in the number eight spot, if anyone could do it, it would be the Lakers because of LeBron. But I I don't think that'll happen. I don't think he has enough around him on the Lakers. What was uh was Ball part of the trade? Announced? Yes, he was. Lonzo right. Ball was actually the main piece of this trade. Oh, uh-huh. you know, Lonzo's daddy wouldn't like that. Well, he wouldn't like it, but if he's the main piece, that I think he likes the fact that he's the main piece. The two, yeah. the, the two main pieces were Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma, because everybody else was just, you know basically players on the roster. So when it comes to that trade, I know that those young players are probably thinking in their head, "Screw it! Why do I need to play for this guy?" That, no, that's a, that's a fair point, uh, and I, I I could see that uh, I could see that happening. Um, I just I. I've had enough of Mr. Ball, and I'm just afraid now that he's going to go on this rant, you know, be, be, because uh, again about how great his son is because he was the main piece in in the trade. So that tells you how great he is, and I will, and I'm going to, you know, talk about him some more. So we have we have that to look forward to. Yes, well, we do. Kind of going off of like LeBron and Lonzo Ball. This brings up my next question for you guys: Should there be captains in the NBA, like there is in the NHL? I will answer the question. I will say yes. And the reason why I say yes is because there used to be captains in the NBA. In fact, it was up until 10 years ago that they stopped doing it. Because if people do not remember, in playoff games, the captains would meet in the middle of the court and they would shake hands. They would do it in every single playoff series. But they got rid of that mainly because of the superstars wanting to get rid of the captaincy. In fact, the last NBA Finals appearance that had two captains was in 2010, Paul Pierce for the Celtics, Kobe Bryant for the Lakers. So I say, yes, it should come back. Should they have a C on their uniform? I'm not going to say they should have that. No. Let's leave that to football and hockey. Yeah, let's leave that that there. Maybe they can put, like, a C on their shorts. (laughs) But I will give you three players as an idea of players who should be captains. I say for the Wizards, it would be Bradley Beal. He has been there for seven years. He is a great talent, and it's been reported that he is the leader of the locker room. So if anybody was going to be a captain in Washington, I'll say him. For the Denver Nuggets, who are currently the second seed in the Western Conference, Nikola Jokic, their their, uh, star center out there in Denver, has been a great player out there. And if anybody deserves a captaincy out there in Denver, I say him because of how young he is but how mature he is on that roster. And then out there for Golden State, I'm going to propose this because you have five, no, six all-stars on that team. How, who's going to be the captain? I say it's simple. Stephen Curry. When you look at Stephen Curry and you look at what he has done in his near 10-year career with Golden State, how can he not be the captain? He has been there the entire time. He is the leader out there in the locker room. And if anybody's seen the social media of all these players, guess who's the main guy in the middle? Stephen Curry. Exactly. <laughs> so if anybody was going to be in Golden State, I say Stephen Curry would be a prime example. Now, what about you? Do you think captains should be in the NBA? 
I don't. I I like that there aren't any captains in the NBA. I feel like they don't need them right now, or maybe in the near future they can bring them in. Now, this was a great episode of Vegas Sports Hub. I want to give a shout-out to Ethan and Stevie for helping me out. My name is Ian Kelly. I am the host of Vegas Sports Hub. Go check us out at www.vegasportshub.com. Also, check out our social medias on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Vegas Sports Hub. Also want to give a shout-out to Sudden Death Sports, which is here on KSHP Sunday nights at 8 to 9 p.m. And until I see you next time, this was Vegas Sports Hub. It's Brian Blessing, weekdays noon to 2 on 1400 KSHP North Las Vegas and KSHP.com. It seems there is a deal to avoid another government shutdown. The president says he isn't thrilled with the bipartisan package that would offer nearly 